hello, 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 one, two. Very good morning. How you I like this video for you. I like this. Nice. How are you today? You're feeling well? Good. I'll take my notes. Uh, I want to invite you to open your Bible in Acts chapter 3. We start again our series about the book of Acts last week. We received here uh, Terry Virgo. What what amazing word! What that word! I'm still thinking about that sermon. Love it! It's amazing. Acts chapter three. Um, if you are here for the first time, you can just look for the Bible of your neighbor. Someone can help you. I have here in the big screen as well. Acts chapter three. When Peter heals a lame beggar. Uh, it's a very amazing, amazing part of the book of Acts. Let's read Acts chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth has been carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. <coughs> yeah, some pastors, they have no money at all. <laughs> but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Wow, I love this part. I love to put my name here. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Daniel, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became, became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. It was a mess, that service. <laughs> when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recog recognized him. As the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Lord, we love you and we love your word. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to speak to me, to speak to us. Through your powerful word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Question. What do you do if you've had a problem for so long in your life that it has become just part of your life, a way of life? Like a broken furniture and your house doesn't bother you anymore and just there. Let me explain. I was 22 years old. When I start to be a pastor in my first, very first church, after the seminar, that guys, they were crazy to give a church for a boy with 22 years old, but it was me. 
after four years at seminary, everything, they sent me my old denomination. And I was the, what's the word, senior pastor, the main elder, the full-time pastor in that, that city, in that small church. And I remember the first day when I put my foot in the building, when I saw everything around, and I took my pen, okay, we need to change stuff here, because it was ugly. The color of the, the wall and everything, and I start to see, I start to see so many things. Oh, we need to paint that part. We need to do this, do that, to change everything. After three months, <laughs> doesn't bother anymore. But the main thing was, that church was in the big uh, plot of land, a small building here, and the same land, a small house as well, a big space for car parking, and there was no toilet at the church. And I asked for the guys, where is the toilet? Oh, we don't have. 30 years in that address, in that place, 30 years without toilet. Okay, next question. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh, you see that house? Yeah, what's that house in the same plot? Oh, is the, how is the name in English? Uh, a janitor, caretaker. He used to take care from the build, or of the building, cleaning, open the morning for, uh, and the weekends, put some flowers. And, and then we help that couple because they are not paying rent. They can stay here, look after the building, and they have jobs as well. We have to, okay, so when we need to go to the toilet, we go to this house. So all the kids and everybody, all the time, going to the house. 30 years. Oh, no. Let's build a toilet. <laughs> oh, but how? We don't have money. We don't have... And this is the point. When you wait for the best conditions to do something, you never do, my friend. No, let's go for it. In the weekend, and the church service, I was there. And I asked, okay, who here has some experience of builder or something? And a hand was raised. Okay. Yeah, I know how to do. I'm just retired. I need some help. Silence. And I said, okay, I will help you. The situation was that man, he was 70 years old, a deacon of the church, to build everything. You know, it's heavy. I can be the helper. Let's go for it. And then we start to say, okay, to raise money for everything to build the toilet. And I remember, 6 in the morning, he, uh, with his motorbike, take me in the back. I was in my lamp here with a box of tools and another box tied with ropes in the back. Going to the church to work and then to make the concrete and everything. And he was my professor, my teacher. Okay, now you need to put sand, now stone, now water, now go. And I was there. And then I remember this day. My mission was... Okay, Pastor Danny, we need to dig a tunnel here across the, the lands, the plot, because we need to pass the plumbing. The sewage system, how you say? Sewage system. But look this, the house is in there, the future toilet. You'll be here, we need to dig this with the pickaxe. Wasn't me. In the end, we need to attach the, the, the plumbing to the house sweat system. Okay. And I said, I was there. Doof. And he was helping with some 
steps as well, but the heavy job was mine. And I was thinking, God, why I left the seminary learning Greek and Hebrew and how to preach. And now I'm here with the speak, open this tunnel uh, for plumbing. What's going wrong, God? And in some moment, fighting with God, I hit the wrong pipe. <laughs> Can you imagine now I have another problem? I need to finish to dig. And also into my ankles and my foot full of, let's say, water, to be polite. <laughs> you know what I mean. From the house. And I had to preach that evening. Okay, now, we need to finish this to clean everything, to replace the pipe. And then I had to have a shower and come back to preach. To fortify my soul, I was angry with God. Every time when you try to change or to touch in some situation that was there for a long, long time, for many years, this will give you work. Work to do. Energy. Focus. Oh, it's a trouble. So that's why sometimes it's just easy to be adjust to fit ourselves in some bad situation. We are reading here about the man, and this man was lame for many years. And the, I was reading, I said, look, this guy, he has some kind of routine and schedule. Some friends come to his house to pick him up, to, to pick uh, to the uh, temple's gate. And that time, there's a specific place, a specific friends, specific hour, three in the afternoon. I need to be there. He just adjusts himself. He just uh, settled himself in the bad situation. He was trying to make good or trying to do the best in a bad situation. He learned how to live the life in that way. That's fine. That's okay. It's not amazing. It's not my dream job. It's not my dream marriage. It's not my dream career. But okay, I can try to do the best here. I cannot fit myself in a spirituality of plastic with no flame, with no passion, with no dreams, with no expectations. I cannot fit myself in a broken marriage. I cannot fit myself in any situation who doesn't work very well. It just be okay with this. I need to change this, but this will give me work to do. I need to think in another way to be a different person, to improve, to grow to expand, to think in a different mindset, in a different way, but this will give me work to do. That's why it's so much easier to just stay in the same place, with the same life, sometimes sad, hopeless. But okay, I have some people who help me, who keep taking me for that place, for that predictable life, I like Psalm 90, verse 17. It's right in there. Uh, the favor of the Lord rests on us and establish the work of our hands. The work of our hands. There is a work that belongs to the Lord, to the Spirit, but that is a work, work to belongs to me is my hands. So when I see the situation with my kids, when I see the situation with my family, with my career, with my life, with my spirituality, I need, I need to change this. I, I don't want to stay in the same place anymore. So this man was just there. And the name of the place is beautiful. 
Second question. Have you had an ugly problem in the beautiful place? Beautiful. The house is brand new, furniture, everything is okay, everything is perfect. The flowers, everything is perfect. But the family who lives in the house has an ugly problem there. You and your husband, Jason, you have uh, two kids, beautiful kids, and a dog named Boo Boo. And everybody from outside, they see your house in a nice car, and they say, oh, everything's all right, everything's okay. But if they spend the night in that family, they will see that the ankles of that family, they are not okay. There is some ugly problem in there. You have a nice car, you came driving to the church, arguing with your family. You have a nice place to work with a nice suit and a nice job title hanging in the door, but there is some ugly attitude. There is not your dream. There is something wrong in the beautiful place. The problem was not a heart condition, was not his brain who doesn't work, was not a cancer or something. It was the ankles. Have you noticed how many times in our lives small problems can become big problems if you don't treat it? The problem of this man was not financial, was the ankles, the knees. But the things is just growing, 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 growing because we refuse to treat, because it gives me work. And he was there. And then he saw two men coming, Peter, two men, uh, Peter and John. They were coming for the meeting. Now, we need to understand, this is the book of Acts. We have a very romantic uh, vision about some books in the Bible. And this moment here in the book of Acts, oh, was a heavy moment. If you just turn the page in chapter 4, you see James being, uh, they cut the head out? I don't know the word. The, be? Beheaded. Okay, new word. And Peter arrested the jail. So, Chapter 2, Holy Spirit, power of Holy Spirit. Peter starts to preach. 3,000 people receive the gospel in Jesus. Acts chapter 4, they are receiving threats. Stop to preach. We will kill you. The environment here is a minefield, is a war. Now, Peter and John, that morning, let's go to the temple. Because they, are, uh, they had to prove their position and prove for the Jews, for all that religious uh, community, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. And now they have to show through the Scriptures, the Old Testament, the prophecies, and all this, that Jesus is the Messiah. And uh, on the other hand, we have the Old Testament with all that bloods of goats and all that kind of religion stuff. And there's a war here. You see many times Jesus in the gospel fighting, arguing with the Pharisees and all this kind of stuff. So they are going for, was a not happy meeting, was a not a happy congregation waiting for the pastor. Was it not worship time? It's easy for me to come here this morning because it's our family, it's our church. Well, I can see friendly faces. Uh, I, I know it will be very well received. We'll have a tea or a coffee at the end because 
I feel in home, but not for Peter and Joe. I can imagine that morning, they talk to each other, okay, let's go. For, I don't know what's waiting for me in that temple, but let's go. God, give me the right word. Give me the right scriptures. Uh, use me, God, in your hands. And they are going there. But was not about the temple meeting. was in the gate. I like this when Chris was here sharing about this. Now, a few minutes ago, there is more to the journey than there is to the destination. You don't know what's the argument into you being in the church argument <laughs> about theology, philosophy. So they are going there. Why I'm walking through my dreams, my targets, my destination. God is doing the greatest miracle. Was not about the final destination and the, the temple. Was in the gate. Was in the journey. Was in my way to the to, to the place that I suppose that God called me to be there. Was in the way. So why I'm building my experience in life with God, why I'm dreaming with something, oh God, I want to achieve this, I want to achieve that, I want to be a pastor, a preacher, I want to be something special, I want to preach the gospel in my university, oh God, use me, I want to be a rich man, I want to be, I don't know what's your dream, but it's not about the dream, it's not about the destination, it's the journey, the steps, the season, God is teaching you about prayer, about faith, how to be strong, God's building your resistance. Resilience, God's building someone in the journey. Was not about that important person that you have a meeting. It's about the guy who opens the door for you and you don't know the name. God wants to touch him through you. When I understand this, I understand that my destination and my dreams ceases to control me. And I understand that I can enjoy the journey. And this word now, go for some, uh, I, I know, in the internet, maybe the guys can listen uh, later or share with someone. But for leaders, pastors, elders, I really believe in my heart that sometimes God just sent troublemakers for the church to teach us to be patient and tolerant and mature, to forgive and to love. And this is in your life. In my life, God is building something on the way, on the journey. They didn't know that they were about to, to heal someone on the way, on the gate. They are ready for the fight. They are ready for the temple. They are ready to share about Jesus. But in the gate, someone was shaking a cup, begging for coins. And look, this guy. Verse 5. He was there. A traffic of people passed by when he saw someone, verse 5, who get something to give. I like this. Expectation for those two uh, men who got something to give. Let's open here my Bible. 5. How many times in your life? We have people around us who have, has nothing to give. Friendships who has nothing to give for you guys. Websites who has nothing to give. Phone calls who has nothing to add to make you increase, improve, grow. Relationships 
who has nothing to give. And then when you see someone who, get, who has something. Look, I don't know what is this something, but I like this. I don't want to come for a church who has nothing to give for me. I don't want to bring myself for a kind of church where there is no expectation or there is nothing that I can expect from the pulpit, from the God's word, from the, the fellowship with the brothers. I need to get something. I'll wait for something. I don't know. He doesn't know that he was about to be healed. He didn't expect to be healed or be rich or maybe Peter and John can pay for all my bills. But something. They have something to give for me. Something. I like this. And I like this word. He was expecting. Oh, sometimes it's just stop with all the expectations in our lives. It's just another week and another week and another Sunday in the church and another weekend and another month and more bills to pay when you realize, oh, it's six months of 2019. Oh, come on, 2019. Uh, and there is no more expectation about something. God, you need to do something with me. I need to get something. And I like this power of the positive expectation. Don't get rid of your positive expectation. Don't accept to go for a meeting, for any kind of uh, meeting or conversation or job or everything in your life without this positive expectation. I need to get something out of this. I need to do something with my life. It's not another meeting. It's not another uh, walk into, step into every new situation in your life with a positive expectation. That God can use this to build something in you. This was his position. He was there expecting. Oh, they look like they have something to give. Now, you see Peter's answer. I do not have and I do have. I do not have money, silver or gold, but I do have Jesus. To help someone, we need to know what we do have and what we don't have. How can I help someone if my emotions are broken? How can I help someone if I'm broken in the financial way? There is no, I don't need to feel guilty for this. But if I have something, I can help someone. If I have skills, if I have time, if I have gifts, if I have a mind, if I have energy, if I have money, I can give something. I need to make this complete assessment, assessment of myself to see how and when can I help someone. I do have, I do not have, and then... I was expecting, reading this text, that, okay, now they will pray for the man. Or they will preach for that man. No, they haven't prayed for him. They haven't preached uh, uh, to him. Oh, Lord, you see that man? Hmm. He's lame. God knew it. Was the moment of action. They haven't prayed, they haven't preached, they did not preach to them, but they challenged the man to do something that he couldn't do before. Walk. They spoke to the disease, to that man, to the ankles, for the bruised part, the wounded part of his life. It's time to walk. I've got something for you. Yes, you're right. And I want to challenge you. 
I like this. Do you know when someone have an encounter with God when this person can do something that he couldn't do before? Come on, Peter. I'm here. I cannot walk. I'm lame since my mother's womb. I cannot walk. I cannot. Come on, man. I really, are you joking? Do something that you couldn't do before. Come on. God always asks this kind of stuff for us. God is always challenging. How can Jesus ask for a dead man and tomb to come out for, year, for, for days? Rolling the stone away, Lazarus come out. Straight or arm, the man with the problems in the hands. It's impossible. I cannot do. But if you have encounter with God, you can do things that you couldn't do before. You can forgive someone that you couldn't. You can love someone that you couldn't. You can believe again. You can start to dream again. You can build a new future that you couldn't do before because you have a meeting, an encounter with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is about the faith. And this is about the church because Peter and John, they helped the man. Give me your hand, let me help. Oh, this is a picture of church. And lift him up, raise up, raise up him. I don't need someone to talk about my weaknesses. I don't need someone to make gossip about my past, about my dramas, about my uh, part of my life. I need someone to lift me up, to help me, to give me encouragement. I want to come to a church when I'm well received, when I face the situation, but someone give me the hand. Hey, I'm here to help you. I'm here. Let's go. Let's dream again. Let's believe again. God's building something. You are just in a part of a journey. Your destinations don't need to control your dreams and your life. It's just part. I am here with you. I like this. This is what a church is about. The family is about. And then they used this weapon. The name, the name above all names, the name of in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Is not in the name of your energy or your good intentions. In the name of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, you cannot forget this. The name of Jesus Christ is a strong tower. Make the demons tremble. If your kids are in the school, go for that room. Lay your hands on that pillows and call this name of your family. Open your family. Call this name before a meeting. Call this name before you open your door and face your life. The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You need to call his name. You need to believe it. Before you go for a difficult decision in your life, if you have not at home many times in my life, I went in toilets and bathrooms before a meeting, before I faced someone, and I called Jesus. There is something about the name of Jesus. It can open any doors, can change any situation. Call, cry out his name. We need to have that kind of prayer. I always like to repeat this. We need to pray for the impossible. I can pray for things that I can do, and that's fine. But we need to pray for the impossible. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I need to walk. I have been praying this uh, with the Lord. 2019 is my walk year. 
I need to walk. My walk. I need to walk. And then in some moment, and somehow, Peter was helping him. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I said, walk. And give the hand. The guy stand. And in some moment, the guy start to jump. <laughs> just walk. Come on now. And just start to jump and jump and jump. And leaping and forever. There is a time in our life that we receive some help. But maybe he turned to Peter and said, okay, you help me to here. From here, I take from now on. I can build my life jumping and doing things that I couldn't do before. You need to jump out of your fear. You need to walk out of your crisis. You, it's, it's done. You're not lame anymore. You need to walk out and jump out of your crisis, of your low self-esteem, of your temper. You need to walk out because it's a new time because of him, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You couldn't see. And then, I like this moment. Oh, we need to film a movie about this. He was jumping, but a nice one. Not that old ones, black and white, like Steven Spielberg or something like this. He was jumping and he came to the temple. Jumping. <laughs> Can you imagine? All that liturgy, all that rules at the temple. And the guy just come now uh, through that main door jumping. Yes, Jesus is awesome. And jumping and everything. It's not welcome here. We have our way to serve God. And this guy is messing everything here. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love it. Break the rules. I love it. You see, they were so busy with God business, they, they didn't have time to pay attention for someone who was suffering. Because their God has an address, a geographic place, and a time, and a script they have to follow. So they are going to God, they are coming back from God, they don't have time to be free, spontaneous. And the service, the worship, is in the life. It's not on weekends. It's not here on Sunday morning. It's in the petrol station. It's when you are chatting with someone. I went to that um, subway to buy a sandwich. And the lady was in the tube like a robot. $14.99. Thank you. Next. And she got a tattoo here. And was written, uh, only God can judge me. Okay. And I was there with my card to pay. And I saw a tattoo. I said, oh, that's a nice tattoo. Said, oh, yeah. Let me read. Only God can judge me. Oh, yeah. And I said, wow, I'm worried now. Uh, why? Because if you or someone judge me, is one thing. But God judge me? It's another level. And I should stop it. Oh, it's true. Yeah, because, and then we start to talk. Is the service? No. And the subway, and the queue. People in the, the queue waiting. I don't need to go to God, come back from, oh, Sunday morning, I have a miracle moment in the church. It's driving your car. Uh, if I, I can give you some advice, the best place to pray is while you're driving the motorway. <laughs> it's amazing. You alone with the car and Jesus there and the angels in the back seat and having the car and we're going there. Maybe to do something boring in the end. I don't mind. But this is the journey. That God is building resilience in you and preparing you to live miracles. Miracles. 
that you couldn't do before. And then he came to this meeting when everybody was ready. Where's that disciples of Jesus, that new movement with no name yet, that Peter and John, where is these guys? And then someone just jumped in that room, shouting and jumping. Oh, what is this? And they, they talk each other. Well, it's not that guy who was a lame and the gate called beautiful. You see, no name. Oh, it's not Tobias or something, these Bible names. It's not the man who was lame. I don't know about you, but many times in my life, I was recognized by my suffering, by my limitations, by my problems. It's not that divorced. It's not that guy uh, addicted. It's not that person troublemaker, difficult, with low self-esteem, depressed. And yes, indeed, he was lame. And if someone gives this kind of label for you or nickname, oh, it's, it's Daniel. Who is Daniel? Oh, it's that guy. <sighs> Crazy. Oh, they recognize you by your ugly part of your life. It's true. But you are uh, that kind of person with low self-esteem, depressed. Yeah, it's true. You were that troublemaker screaming with your kids. Yeah, it's true. You were that kind of selfish husband. Yeah, it's true. But I'm not lame anymore. Because Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I, I won't scream this from the rooftop. I want to jump in for everybody. You know, I'm not lame anymore. I'm not begging for coins anymore. I don't need... Uh, crumbles of attention or self-pity from the people anymore because Jesus Christ made me walk for a different life. And now I can forgive, now I can love, now I can laugh, now I can dream, now I can put my faith to walk and to work again. I couldn't before, you're right. I was troublemaker before, all right, you were right. But Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he saw me there. And I was important to him, not the service, not the temple, not the God business, but me, my soul, my ankles, my addictions, my sadness was important to someone who just saw me and gave me something. This is the gospel. This is the church. This is your role here. We are not here to judge the people. We are not here to decide who is better, who is worse. We are here to give the hand, to lift the people up. Joe, let's sing a song. I want to invite you to pray. I want to invite you to close your eyes. Let's stand, please. Let's stand. I don't know. I really don't know about you. Maybe you are dealing with a problem for many, many years. The same situation. The same. Which is in the beginning was very painful, but it's not painful anymore. You just got used to it. Maybe, for example, 
for some uh, time in my life, I stopped to dream. Maybe you are here this morning, totally hopeless. How long you don't have joy in your heart, on your house, in your family? For how long time you have no new hope or new dreams? This week, I was talking with someone, a lovely guy. We spent two hours and a half talking. And I love him so much. And for some moment in that conversation, he was so hopeless and sad. And, and from some point and somehow, Jesus Christ came to sit in that chair in our table in a coffee shop. And I could realize, do you know that moment when you feel that presence? And you feel, okay, someone is here now. And you can see, I could see his eyes shining again, smiling. And he started start to talk about a new future, new dreams, new possibilities, new seasons. And that moment, I understood, okay, God, in this season in his life now, you are teaching something. Resilience, maybe. It's not about the destination. It's the journey. Oh. You are so amazing, God. God cannot use normal people who doesn't let God to be God. But if you let God touch in your life to fix this problem, problems, who is there for so long, he'll give a job to do with a peak. <laughs> Maybe you need to sit with your kids and ask to them to forgive you. Maybe you need some in outcome. But in word or deeds, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to invite you to pray. We have a few minutes. And I want to invite you to use these minutes to close your eyes, to look to your heart. If you are in a good environment, in a good church like this one, but with an ugly situation... If you have small things in your family and this is just growing, you'll never deal with it. This is your morning. Don't worry. It's part of your journey. God is not a demanding God. God is not trying to make you to suffer. God is building trust, toleration, faith. God wants to lead you for new levels. God has something to give to you. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray this morning because you know our hearts. We know that we are here and we are not perfect. We don't have good performance in our lives. We don't know how to deal with our problems. We don't know how to achieve next levels. We don't know many things. But there is one thing that we know. You have something to give first so this morning I open my heart Lord I don't want to be a lame anymore in my mentality in my spirituality emotionally financially 
I don't want to depend on others anymore to drive me, to lead me for the places to take by the hand. I don't want self-pity from anyone else. I want to walk. I want to jump. I want a different life this year, Lord. Please, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this morning I want to leave this building, this place with a new attitude. With a new eyes, with a new joy, with a new dreams, with a new starting to build a new behavior. I ask you this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.